The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, beginning to read at verse 25. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus, and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first down and sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure heap. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much, Isabel. And if you've still got your Bibles open, and just, just take a glance down uh, that passage. How many times does Jesus tell the crowd, this massive crowd that's probably walked with him for quite a long time, seen him doing some amazing things, how many times does he tell them, you cannot be my disciples? Look a little closer. It's actually three times. I mean, Jesus, if you want to draw people to yourself, it's not the way to go. Don't turn around and say, well, you cannot be my disciples. There's a big crowd with Jesus. It's really exciting. Imagine four o'clock this afternoon, Churchill School. A big crowd is there. We would be really excited. What is it that Jesus wants the crowd to hear? Well, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, it will cost you everything. To follow Jesus means to be all in for him. To be a follower of Jesus means to be all in for him. To be all in for Jesus means he takes the first place. Verse 26, if anyone comes to me, and I mean, hear this, does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Who expected to hear Jesus say that this morning? And I'm, I'm always keen we don't just kind of keep what we read in the Bible over here as theoretical. I like to get really, uh, really practical. So, to be really practical, I need to start with me. I want to take, I want to take what Jesus says seriously. So, it's my lovely mum and dad. Emily, I love you. Come, come. What do we reckon? In, in she goes. Should we in it? 
I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm really sorry, Mum and Dad. I hope you're not watching online at home. Hello to those of you who are. Is Jesus saying we've got to put the people who are most important to us, closest to us, most precious to us, in the bin? What is Jesus saying? What has Jesus got to say to us? I don't think Jesus is saying put people who are precious to you in the bin. He is saying in very strong terms, to be all in for me means putting him first. The first place in our lives. Jesus doesn't just want a crowd that will travel with him for a bit, who sometimes come to church or look a bit Christian, but never actually come to him and truly know him. Because if that's the case, that's like having salt. It turns out not to be salty. Jesus comes to rescue people who will be all in for him. Now, lots of people say about people who are precious to them, particularly about children, I would do anything for them. Jesus asked us to say that about him. Let me tell you a story about my mum and dad, now that they're out of the bin. About 40 years ago, I think they'd been living overseas somewhere, a small country in southern Africa, and they'd flown back. I think they'd landed in London, and they were driving home to where they uh, had a, a flat in Manchester. And they were driving past Birmingham on the motorway, and they kind of together looked at each other and said, Lord, we will go anywhere for you except Birmingham. <laughs> so where do you think they've been living for the last 40 years? Where do you think I was born? in the promised land. And now my home group are really pleased because I'm, I'm actually talking in my proper lingo now. Jesus asks, will you do anything for me? And let's remember, Jesus is not a horrible boss. He's not a horrible taskmaster. He is a savior who gave everything and did everything to rescue us out of our mess and our rubbish. So he doesn't put us in the bin. To have Jesus in first place will shape the closest relationships we have, and sometimes it will dent them. And for some people, particularly uh, Christians around the world in different cultures, some of the strongest opposition to following Jesus comes from those who are closest to him. So this, this isn't easy, but Jesus is to take first place in our lives. And I'm praying in the coming months that in, in Houghton and Stoughton and Netherhall and Thurnby and Thurmiston, because of each one of us, people will begin to want to find out more about Jesus. But they will hear and see from us that it's more than just traveling with Jesus. It's following him, putting him in first place in our lives. To be all in for Jesus means Jesus takes first place. It also means carrying your cross. Now, what do you do when you've had a rough, tough, frustrating day? What are the kind of things you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Plop, what great description. Plop down on the sofa. Yes, absolutely. Well, I not only want to do that, but I want to do it wearing my comfy clothes. You know, isn't that wonderful? You're getting your, your nice comfy clothes. And, and just to say, you are always welcome to come to church in your comfy clothes. You're always welcome to come to church in a, in a tie. Or, you know, basically the rule is wear clothes. That's fine. Um, it avoids the awkwardness, really. And I want to eat my favorite, favorite meal, which is oh, sausage, chips, and beans. When I'm feeling down, 
I want my comfy clothes on. I want sausage, chips, and beans. My wife's looking at me going, Tom, vegetables, vegetables. When Jesus calls us to follow him, he's not calling us to a comfortable life. He's not calling us to a less frustrating life. It doesn't mean that there's going to be more times where you get to wear your comfy clothes or you're going to avoid the times that make you want to put your comfy clothes on. And I realize now this is the dangerous point where the rumor goes around the village, you know what the vicar did in the front of church on Sunday? He took his trousers off. It's a bit dangerous. I think I've got away with it. What does Jesus have to say? Have a look, verse 27. He says, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In these verses, anyone know where Jesus was traveling to? Where was Jesus going? Where were the crowd following him to? Anyone know? Jerusalem. Somebody said it. He's on the way to Jerusalem where just after he arrives, a few days later, he would be marched through the streets carrying his cross, suffering, rejected, humiliated. And Jesus says, follow him. And to follow him means following in his footsteps, carrying your cross. To be all in for Jesus means carrying your cross. Your life is not your own, it belongs to Jesus. Jesus is not like a conservatory that you bolt onto your life to the back of your house that improves things. It's like building a tower. It's going to cost you everything. If following Jesus has fitted neatly into your life, or if your life at the moment is actually reasonably comfortable, whether you're in Houghton, Stoughton, whether you're in Netherhall, Thurmiston, or Thurmby, we've probably not listened enough to Jesus. And if our invitation to people, whether they're in Houghton or Stoughton, or Netherhall, or Thurmiston, or Thurmby, is really an invitation to come and be like us, fairly moral, a bit middle class, not very diverse. We need to hear Jesus again. To be all in for Jesus means Jesus takes first place. It means carrying your cross. And third of all, it means giving up everything. I've got a question for you. What have these three things got in common? The words that I speak, my right foot, and my wallet. What's the connecting link between those three things? I'm going to tell you. They tend to be the last three things of a person to become a Christian. The last three things of somebody that become converted. The words that we speak, uh, the money that we spend, and what our right foot does on the accelerator pedal in the car. Everything we have belongs to Jesus. Not some things, not most things, everything. Now, this doesn't mean uh, that we, we suddenly need to get a few more of these bins out and be like, right, everybody, everything in. God gives us what we have to use it to serve him, to serve others, to meet needs where we can, to tell the next generation about Jesus, to plant new churches. And it means because Jesus has called us to follow him, we don't face him like a king in the future coming in battle against us. Actually, we know that we already have peace with him. And it's a peace that we experience. We want to give everything up for the one who brings us peace. To be a disciple of Jesus means being all in for him, putting Jesus in first place, carrying your cross, giving up everything. And so the question I have to ask all of us is this. 
Is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth it? My experience is he really, really is. And I suspect between us, we will all have stories of how Jesus is so worth it. If your answer is, I don't know yet, then I know I would. I know Steve Ramsey at St. Catherine's. I know Steve would. I know Matthew would. I know others would, would drop everything to read one of the accounts of Jesus' life with you, to, to run a course to explore Jesus. Is he worth giving up everything for, carrying a cross for, putting in first place in your life? Absolutely. And so at this point, I want to invite those who are planting Living Hope Thermiston uh, to stand up. So it's Mark and Yvonne, Roger and Ruth, Ben, Rachel, Amelia, Reuben, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Steve and Sarah. We've got Karen and John as well. Just stand up for me. I want to say to you, you are taking a big step in going all in for Jesus and calling others to go all in for Jesus. Just remember, Jesus takes first place. You're going to say some big no's to to good things, to people, to events and to activities because you're saying a big yes to Living Hope Church Thermiston. And when you call people to follow Jesus. Don't call them to add Jesus onto their life. Call them to put Jesus in first place. You're going to have to carry your cross. We've already heard that uh, from Roger and Ruth, 28 years in the church community. That's a big cost to say goodbye and to be sent. Places where you're deeply loved. To connect with people in Thermiston who you don't know, who might look at you slightly strange, think you're a bit odd, think you're out of step. Uh, might think Jesus isn't for them because of the background they're coming from. And know that for some who you call to follow Jesus, carrying the cross will be massive for them. And you'll need to walk each step with them. And you are already giving up probably more time, more energy, more headspace, more motivation, uh, more money than perhaps you ever have before. And you're going to call others to give up everything to follow Jesus. And remember this, the best things that we do in life are normally the hardest things that we do. And do you know what? There is nothing better than anyone can do with their life than to follow Jesus. So I'm going to ask uh, these guys to sit down, and I'm going to invite everybody else, if you're able to, to please stand. And Steve is going to help think it through for us. Yeah, thank you, Tom. So we've been thinking just then, what does it mean to be a disciple and to be sent and to plant? So what does it mean to be a disciple and to stay and build in our churches on the Cornerstone team? Well, just two things very briefly. Firstly, it is to count the cost to reach the lost. Can you say that back to me just so I know everyone's heard? Count the cost to reach the lost. You will feel the cost of planting a church. Being a part of a church that has sent people to start a new church. There will be people who you will miss. I thank God so much for the team that he has brought to Living Hope. They are such a blessing to me and to Sarah, and I'm so excited to work with them. And you will miss them. It is costly to plant churches. But it's as we embrace that hard, costly mission, that's when we see the good stuff. That's when we see lost lives being reached with the gospel. And I know so many of you, how true that is for you, how you have counted the cost 
costly Friday nights working with teenagers, costly long planning meetings with the hub, costly money given towards the hub project, the cost of serving and giving up time off on Hungerton, Luminosity, Holiday Club, the cost of conversations that feel awkward with family and friends as you invite them to courses. I could go on. There has been a lot of cost counting in our churches. Why? Because of your desire to reach the lost. Praise God. And as the Living Hope team are sent, there will be new opportunities to count the cost. As you seek to stay and build, see the gaps that are left. Seize the opportunities. Appreciate the need and think, how can I serve? What can I do? As disciples here this morning sent on mission, you can stay and build by counting the cost, stepping up and serving so that we can better reach the lost in our communities. Well, secondly, being a disciple as you stay and build means remembering the God who sends is the God who goes. Can you say that with me again? The God who sends is the God who goes. We plant, we build, but it is God who gives the increase. God who brings the growth. God who opens blind eyes. God who gives new hearts. God who saves the lost. Amen. And it is that God, our God, who is with us every step of the way. As Jesus sent out his disciples at the end of Matthew's gospel to go and make disciples, he said to them, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So as you speak with your friends and your neighbors, Jesus is with you. As you face the challenges with the hub, Jesus is with you. As you feel the absence of those we've sent to plant, Jesus is with you. As you speak, share, work, tidy, clean, lead, play, fix, in all of those things in our church lives, Jesus is with us. God sends us, but God goes with us, and is God who is the one who saves and rescues the lost. So as you stay and build as disciples, stick with Jesus. Go with God and be fully dependent on him, knowing that in everything that we do, God is with us always.